Bibles and turn to the 17th chapter of St. Luke. Thank you for your hospitality, your kind words and goodness. We want to make it to heaven. We've got to go to heaven. We've got to be saved. We are going to be what? We're going to heaven. We're going to heaven by the grace of God. To redeem the time, we shall turn to Luke 17, 17. And Jesus answered, said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where are the nine? Lord, help us. Bless this service. I'm asking your help in the name of Jesus. Bless every family here. We celebrate you, Jesus. We come to give you all the high praises of our heart of gratefulness in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Where are the nine? It's a rhetorical question. Nobody did answer the question. Where are the nine? Leprosy is in the Bible feared as cancer is feared today. If a person heard that they have cancer, and in the fourth stage they almost said, my death is guaranteed. People dread the word see cancer. Leprosy in its day was just equally feared. Turn the machine off, please. I was in the country with some missionaries, and we drove all day and finally came through a leper colony. He says, you're about to come to a leper colony. Never seen a leper colony in my life till that day, the first time I've seen a leper colony. It was far and remote from where any civilization existed. The people were just dumped out there. No doctor, no hospital, no life looks like out there. And then there were people, young and old, in the streets, flagging down vehicles as we drove by, begging for money and bread. They can't go to a job like you could, and they have no means of employment. We slowed down enough so we could see. And I understand that leprosy is very contagious. You can actually catch it. It's, it's commutable, and you can get it by being associated with people. Your heart melts when you look. You see people with missing nose, missing fingers, twisted joints. I've seen human derelicts like I've never seen in my life and don't wish to see it anymore. It was a colony filled with people placed there to die. They are robbed of life. Robbed of worth, robbed of hope, robbed of any sense of belonging. The fatal infliction of leprosy left them in a life of rejection, outcast. They are incurable, desperately in need of love and affection and for somebody to show sympathy but the government did not want them to come close to society. They were out there. And we drove past as quickly as we can so they wouldn't stop our vehicle. And there were those bodies just waiting to die. I suppose by now 
If God did not intervene, they are dead by this time. It's a long time since I've been there. But I saw children. I saw adults. I saw male and female. Leprosy didn't care what your age is. It would attack you and leave you fatally hopeless, feeling rejected, worthless, and powerless to do anything about your situation. I've never seen a leper before in my life until that day. It was a colony filled with people. I remember Brother Domingos told us he is uh, uh, from Portuguese and speaks Spanish in the mission field. He said, Brother Neil, God sent me on the leper colony to preach the gospel. And when I went there, he said, I began to preach. And after preaching, they had a meal. Can you imagine? He said, I saw human bones sticking out, literally exposed. And they cooked. And they offered me meal. He said, Brother Neil, I could not eat it. I know I'm immune by the Holy Ghost that I could participate. But he said, I just couldn't do it. And I fake it. And when I left there, I went to my home feeling condemned. And I prayed, God, forgive me, for they are my brothers and my sisters. Just that they were not healed, they were not cured. That story never left my mind. It still stayed in my mind the way he felt. He just couldn't eat from them. Didn't want to touch them. Aware of the contagion that could take place. The fact that he could contact leprosy. Leprosy is taught in the Bible. And we know that leprosy is a plague. It's a curse that comes upon some human being. In the Bible, it's associated with sin. When a woman called Miriam rose up against Moses' leadership and she challenged him and she questioned his authority and Moses being the meek man just withdrew and God stepped forward and defended him. And God called Miriam to the gate of the church front and said, Miriam, how dare you talk to my servant like that? And after a few episodes, he smote her with leprosy. Her entire body was plagued with leprosy. When Moses saw that, he knew he could not keep her in the camp. Even though he loved his sister by birth, he said he could not keep her. And God was about to afflict Aaron to him. Moses said, oh, God, don't afflict Aaron. Please don't touch him. And he had mercy on Aaron, but he left uh, Miriam plagued with this leprosy. Her own body changed. And she was as white as snow from her head to her feet. And that to thrust her out of the camp as far as possible from the camp. She could not stay in association with the people. And she had to stay out for at least minimum seven days. They couldn't march until God chose to cleanse her. Leprosy, a terrible, horrible disease I pray to God nobody in this church ever gets it. It's known in parts of Asia. People where it's hot, climate is hot, have leprosy, and they die from it. Their bodies mutilated. They are disfigured. They're hurting so badly. Well, Jesus Christ met ten men of that category.
Now, there's a law in the Bible in the Old Testament called, it's the law of leprosy. It takes actually eight days to, to pronounce a person cleansed. The priest, the only power he had was to declare, you got the problem, you can't stay here, get out. And they will put on their mouth a handkerchief that says, unclean, unclean, don't come close to me. When you have that, it means your family have to reject you. It means your wife have to abandon you, your kids, you can't associate with them. Otherwise, they become contracted with the same disease. And so this person become a persona no grata. They are without any citizenship. They're left to die. There's no such thing as being healed of leprosy. You had to be cleansed of leprosy. And so they will stay there till they either die or God had mercy on them. Nobody would visit them. Nobody would call on them. Nobody would show up on their behalf. And so that's where they would stay. Now, sometimes... A person get cleansed, and to approve their cleansing, they had to go to the priest, and the priest was equipped to define whether they had it or didn't have it, but couldn't do anything for them. And so that was the law of leprosy. And when God said, you're cleansed in the Old Testament, there are five offerings that you have to offer. Amen. From a trespass offering to a sin offering, to a burnt offering and keep going up the list until finally you and God can get back into fellowship. Now we also learn in the Bible that a guy called Uzziah, a king that God had blessed so tremendously great, got lifted up and did the same thing Miriam did, decided to challenge the priest and went right into the house of God to offer sacrifice, which he's not supposed to do. And they told him, you're not supposed to do this, step back. He said no and he pushed him down because he was king and God smote him with leprosy right in his forehead. And the Bible says he had to run out of the place. And he died a leper. Leprosy was dreaded, feared by every person that I've sent. And the, master, the man called Naaman, he was also a leper. And he had leprosy. He contacted the colony. He went to fight and, and caught this disease. Couldn't get healed. Couldn't get blessed. A little girl said, would to God that you go down and see the man of God, the prophet. And he would tell you how to be cured. And he finally relented and went. And when he got there, you know the story how he resisted the, the operation of the spirit. And said, I don't want to do that. That's not my plan. I can go back and do what I plan to do. And God said, go on. But you're not healed. You're still a leper. He finally dipped seven times. Seven times he dipped. What's the coincidence? It takes seven days in the Old Testament to be healed. And God dipped him seven times. And when the seventh time came up, he was a, like a brand new baby. And he was thankful. I said he was so thankful that his skin and his body recovered that he turned the chariot home back. Went right back to a man called Elisha and screamed at him. And said, now I know that your God is the true God. Better than the gods I serve in Damascus. Your God is the only true. He's giving thanks. He's appreciative that God gave him a new lease on life. He got a certificate. Now, now God didn't say to him, now go, go, go see the priest. God didn't say that. 
because he's a Gentile. And he wouldn't understand what that meant, those here priests. And the priest wouldn't want to see him anyway. They were scared to death of him. But the fact was he was thankful. He was thankful that he didn't have to die a leper. And he was willing to give up everything he had, all the gold, the silver, and every precious thing he had on his chariot. He said, I'm going to give it all to Elisha. And I said, sorry, I don't need your gifts. God just did you a favor. God showed you mercy. Go home and tell your family what great things God has done to you. But I want to notice here, he was merciful. God was. And God was gracious to him. And he showed appreciation. Willing to give God anything and everything in thanksgiving for what God just did for him. Hallelujah. He didn't feel entitled. Didn't feel like it's about me, me, I, and myself. But he was cleansed and was thankful. He was cleansed and he appreciated. He was cleansed and he will not forget it. He was cleansed. He's going to glorify the God that brought forth this healing in his body. He was cleansed and going to confess that there is no God that can work on this sort. He said, I'd give anything just to show God how thankful I am. And the prophet says, go home. God be with you. God wanted to do you a favor. Go home. Just want you to know that he lives and he exists. And the master Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, saw what took place. And he felt that this guy should be charged for what God did for him. Let me tell you, when God blesses you, it's without charge. It's not by merit or by might or by power. But it's by my spirit of grace. Without grace, you got no hope but disgrace. And he felt like the man of God made a mistake. And, and when Naaman went back home, on his way home, this guy, amen, left his post, chased the cleansed leper, and said, God's servant told me to stop you and to give me the gold and all the Babylonian garments. Well, church, guess what? curse come with it too. This world may give you all this kingdom, but there's curse that comes with it. They may show you all the glory and all that, but what else comes with it? Hello? The devil lied to Adam and Eve and said, look, you can become wise like God. But in time they could be cursed and be thrown out of the paradise. The devil is a liar. Praise God. And so Adam and Eve got messed up. Well, Gehazi came back and thought to lie to the prophet. and said, well, the man of God said, where have you been? He said, oh, nowhere. He said, didn't my heart went with you? And he died a leper. Isn't it amazing? It's amazing. What Naaman was willing to give up, Gehazi embraced. <laughs> and look out the table turned. I want you folks this morning said, nobody's going to take my place. Nobody's going to take my seat. 
You ain't going to wear my crown. You won't put on my gown. You won't put your name where my name belongs. My mind is made up. I'm going all the way. I'm fixed. I'm going to fix to live for God. I got something the world can't give, and the world won't take it away from me. But yes, I get up his ministry for that silly, silly, amen, gold. And died a leper. Now, the reason why I tell you this, Jesus Christ was passing through and going to Jerusalem. Now, Samaria is a place where nobody walks. It's like a leper colony. No Jew's going to walk there. No Jew walks there. But Jesus purposed to go through there. Walk through Samaria, and I'm so glad God coming down your neighborhood and my neighborhood. You know, we got some pastors, they don't want a they don't want urban church, they want suburb church. You know, where, where you know Chicago is too bad. They want to go where the nice people are. Well, I'm sorry, that's not where you're gonna find Jesus. You're gonna find Jesus where the halt of the blind and the lame are. Because they're gonna be a lot more appreciated for what God does than those cocky rich people, amen, who can't make it through the eye of a needle. Hello? But there are some people that will tear the roof off to get to Jesus. How, how desperate are you to get to Jesus? I said, how desperate are you to get in contact with Jesus? How bad do you want to be healed? How bad do you want recovery from your disease and your sickness? You're in a house right now where God can reach out in one moment and give you what you couldn't get in eight days of your life without Jesus. And so Jesus deliberately walked by their way, knowing those lepers are there. And he heard a male choir. Jesus, good master, have mercy on us. Bible did say, if you ask, you shall receive. Amen. And here in this male choir, have mercy on us. Have mercy on me, Jesus, I need help. Help me, help me, help me. I'm honest about it. Give me some hope, please, God. Give me some hope. Give me hope. Come by here. And Jesus didn't treat him like a high priest. The high priest would have taken him over and scrutinized him and checked him out and said, hey, you got a leper, man. Go back to your colony. That's not what Jesus did. The only person in the Bible that ever touched a leper was Jesus. Amen. Only Jesus didn't need quarantine from the people he's trying to reach or immunization. I don't care how diseased you are, he can reach you. He can touch you. And you can leave here knowing you have been touched. And virtue will come out of him. And he will make you whole, but you won't make him sick. Do you know what I just said? He'll make you whole, but you won't make him sick. Praise God. Hallelujah. He can turn you into a saint, but you can't turn him into a sinner. Have mercy on us. I wish somebody would cry right now. And get their healing and deliverance right now. Jesus, have mercy on us. We need help. I got a problem. I got a sickness. I got a disease. Nobody can help me but you, God. Just touch.
Hallelujah. Shaka Mahaya. And I hear the voice of a lamb saying back, Go show yourself to the priest. Now, folks, stop and think. Didn't see you're healed. Didn't see you're cleansed. Now, those nine Jews, they know what he just said. Now, I don't know if the Samaritan understood what he said. But it takes the priest to give you a bill of clear health. I don't know how many of you right now got bad health in this building. I want to tell you right now, if you're sick in your body, you can be healed. By the time I'm finished preaching, you ought to be healed. You ought to recover. You ought to have full remission right now when I'm preaching the name of Jesus uh, because that name can solve that problem. Just call on him. Just reach out to him. He's not untouchable. He's not unreachable. He's not deaf that he can't hear you. He's not insensitive to your situation. He just wants you to cry out. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Kutala Mashanda. And hear the word of the Lord. He'll send you back to your doctor who will confirm that you have been healed. He said, I want to send you back to your physician to confirm your healing. Hallelujah. Someone asked me one time, do you get between people and their physician? I said, no. I sent them back to their physician to confirm the healing. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Confirm that I've been healed. The evidence said I was sick. I was. But now I am. I was blind. Not I'm blind. I was blind. But now I see. I was all messed up. But now I'm dressed up. I was shook up, and now I'm caught up. Somebody here, up there, the divine healer is in this house. You can stand right now and get total remission. God is in this house. And put you back in your right mind. And put back those blood cells and those tests. Oh, come on now, church. The healer's in the house. Whoa, shaka mahaya. I'll never forget I was in England. You know, you, you see me living out. I said, well, Pastor, he's a good Christian. Absolutely not. I'm the most rottenest Christian there is. But you know where this came from? I was in England in the 60s when I was sick with a disease in my heart, in my whole body. And an old Pentecostal mother walked up those stairs. You mothers, get connected with God. If you got kids, get saved quick. Because there's going to come time when doctors can't help you. But the God that you know can hook up to Jesus. And one little word of prayer will save the sick and recover them. Hallelujah. And the doctor to confirm it. And my mom walk up that place, my friend, and lay hands on me from my head to my feet. My mom didn't have grade 9 education. My mom is not that. We all, all the kids are more education than she is, but friends, she's more spiritual than we are. She got a higher connection than we got. We can't walk in her shoes. When she prayed, the word, the place shook. When she talked, amen, heaven, listen, my friend, and she put her hand on this old sinner boy, and God healed him. Instantaneously, God healed him. Have a right to shout, have a right to dance. 
have a right to behave the way I'm doing. I make no apology. If you had known me before I met him, you'd understand the reason why I shout, why I sing and make a lot of noise, because somebody touched me, and that was Jesus Christ. When the doctor couldn't do it, when the bills couldn't pay the come on somebody, Jesus walked on my street and heard my desperate cry and lift me up, hallelujah. I'm singing today. Because there's a healer in the house. Oh, hallelujah. I went back to the doctor that says, this guy is being cleansed, completely cleansed. No more tablets for life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Blood cleansed, heart cleansed, everything cleansed because Jesus Christ got in on the act. When you tried everything and everything has failed you, Try Jesus. He'll be your dearest friend. He'll be with you right to the end. Somebody ought to jump up right now. Get rid of your depression and your oppression. Get rid of your problem and your crises. Somebody to be shouting right now. I'm healed. I'm delivered. God has touched me. Shut up. Come on. You were right to worship God. If they knew where you were, they'd understand why you shout the way you do. Why you make the noise you make. Come on, somebody. Come on, make a bigger do over it. Hallelujah. Praise God. And they realized that, amen, they need healing. You see, the nine Jews are caught with self-love. Amen. It's all about them. They feel entitled. They feel that it, it has to be. And so here they are walking towards the priest. They're still lepers. I'm telling you, sometimes you got to pray for it. And you leave this altar, you still feel the pain. But on your way out, on your way out, every walk, a step of faith. I'm living by faith by Jesus above. Trusting, confiding in his great love. I fear no alarm in this earth below because I'm connected to Jesus. Somebody in this building, amen, you got cancer and you don't even know it, but you had to hope to God he healed you right now because that cancer is dormant in your body, but God wants to heal you. So you better worship before you need worship. Come on now. You better make preservation a reservation before you need it. Come on. You don't know what's going on in your body right now, but God's trying to tell you, you need me right now. Amen. Worship him before you need him. And the Bible said, while they're marching towards in obedience, hallelujah, God just let them go. No need to dip seven times in Jordan. When you got the word of the Lord. When you got the Logos, the word made flesh and dwelt among you. Hallelujah. Kushakala Mahaya. The guy looked. Something happened to me. You see, you came in one way, but you're going to go home a different way. You came in church by the north gate, and you're going on by the east gate. You came in here without hope, and you're going home hopeful. 
You came here empty and go to one plenty. Because God wants to work a miracle that you can't deny. That the devil can't reverse. God wants to give you a testimony. Oh, come on now. God want to bless your relationship. He want to bless your fellowship. He want to bless your status. He wants to give you a promise that the devil can't reverse. That the devil can't change. Do I have a name it around here? And so he's walking, he's walking, he's walking, he's walking. And I, and he looked at his friends, and they're also healed. I believe that one Samaritan tried to get those nine Jews to turn back and give thanks. You know what they said? You know what they said? I deserve it. I deserve to be with my family. I deserve to have a job. <laughs> I deserve <laughs> to go back where I left off. I've got my rights, don't I? And I don't have time for Jesus. Thank God he did this for me because I'm moving on. I wonder how many of you, after God bless you, will come back and give thanks. After God gave you that job you never had, will you come back to church? After God gave you a favor on the company and they blessed you with promotion, will you still pay your tithing offering? Come on now. Hello? After God lifted you from the guttermost and put you in the uppermost, you still remember his house? Are you so busy you can't find time for God? Amen. They couldn't find time to come back and give thanks. But they saw one old person. So you know what? I'm a Samaritan and I have no rights. I'm not entitled to this. Hello. And the promises of Abraham is not towards me, but I'm cashing in on it. I want him to know what took place in my life. It's amazing how people, when they got a need, well, Lord Jesus, help me, help me in an emergency, 911. Well, after God solved that problem, you can't find 111 to come back to give God thanks. You wonder where have they been? What happened to them? You know, where's so and so? Hallelujah. I could tell you a story right now, but I won't go there. You see, he knows the penalty of leprosy is isolation. He knows the curse of leprosy is a death sentence on him, slow death sentence. He knows he's under condemnation as a castaway, and he knows he's living a life of rejection. And something good happened to him. Suddenly, life changed. Let me tell you, friend. This is no gradual change. It's a dynamic, supernatural interaction of God. When God divinely interferes with your life situation, and you have a divine interruption, God turns things around. And God turned a wino into a worshiper. And turned a sinner into a saint. That's a miracle. You don't have withdrawal syndrome. Amen. It's instamatic. When God does it, that settles it. 
You don't need no withdrawals. You don't need no patch on your shoulder. You don't need no drug, amen, to help you out. Because God deliver you from the offense of sin and rescue you from the powers of sin and freed you from the dominion of sin. Oh, hallelujah. You sure I got to go back? You know why uh, we come to church on Tuesday night and Friday and Sunday? We know where we brought us from. And we owe that to him. That's reasonable service. Hallelujah. I said, that's reasonable service. I've just experienced you saying, the goodness of God have led me and us to repentance. The grace of God has brought salvation down to my level. The mercies of God is not imputing my sins and my past to me. And the kindness of God has justified the ungodly. What more can I offer to God for all my benefits? What can I give to God but worship and praise and thanksgiving? I'll give thanks unto God because he's been good to me. The reason why I dance before the Lord because of what he did for me. The reason why I raised my hand because of what he did for me. The reason why I, oh, come on now. Hallelujah, clap my hands and jump and make a lot of shouting. Because God, goodness and grace and mercy. He said, I got to go back and see him. For goodness and mercy has followed me and caught up with me and healed my sickness and my disease. Hallelujah. Let's worship God. Salvation. Of that man was not a, a, a right, was a gift. Salvation, eternal life was given back to him. And God restored to him privileges. Because now he can go back and integrate. Aren't you glad now your family wants you back? I guess the world would take me back. But I'm glad I'm off that track. I've had enough of sin. And I love this Jesus within. Oh, keep me, Jesus, safe in your harbor. For if I should leave you now, where could I go? Where could I go? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's worship God. Hallelujah. I love David. You know why I love David? Because he remembered how God anointed him above his brothers. You know why I love David so much? He never forget how God gave him favor against Goliath. He never forget how God gave him the crown when it belonged to Saul. He said, therefore, I'll dance. I dance, and girl, if you don't like it, too bad. His wife cursed him. I said, oh, you look so silly. He said, girl, back off. Before I met you, I had him on the backside of the desert. Before I met you, I was in the valley. He was down there with me. Come on, someone. Shaka Mahaya. When I was fighting a lion and a bear, you weren't there. He delivered me. That's why you have me. Kushakalama. And you ain't seen nothing yet. Come on, somebody. Am I the only one around here? Amen. Hallelujah. I say, Hallelujah. You ought to show God how thankful you are. You should show it with a dance. Show it with a shout. Show it with a praise. Show it with a. 
giving up love thanks to God. Give God a love offering from your lips. Uh, the sacrifice of a holy body presented to Jesus Christ. Uh, come on, somebody. Come on. Before I close, Jesus says, where are the nine? I get involved with church works a lot, organization, so on. Things I get involved with, you don't even know about it. And they want to pay me. I said, no. You ain't going to pay me. No. You're not going to pay me. What? Do you don't understand. I said, I am a debtor. This Samaritan realized by being healed, I can go back home better than I left. I'm not condemned to die. When I was polluted in my own skin and blood, he passed by me and said, live! Don't die! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God turned my curse into a blessing. God turned my death sentence into a life sentence. He fell on his face. You know, say to God, sometimes in your own family, on their job, and today in their own churches, people can understand why you raise your hands, why you lay down. Why you pray so loud? Let me tell you, honey, it's a signal to God of my thanksgiving offering. Oh, come on now. The calves of my lips. Oh, the sacrifice of a thanksgiving body. Shut up, Honda. I got a right to shout. I have a right to clap my hands. I have a right to stomp my feet. I have a right to sing and shout and praise God. It's revival. I am renewed. I'm, oh, come on now. The old flesh is gone. A brand new beginning has started. God has taught me worship him for his goodness. Praise him for what he's done. Thanksgiving for the opportunity he gave you and adoration because I love him. And Jesus says, where are the nine? All of a sudden, the choir become a one-man singer. When you all need help, there was ten in the choir. And now I helped you all. You've forgotten. It's amazing how people get promoted in the world and suddenly forgot God. Hello? They forgot God. They got lifted up in their jobs. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they accept the blessing without being thankful. And Jesus said, where are the nine? In other words, Pastor, I've eaten so many people in this city. I've answered so many prayers. They call in the meantime for distress. And I showed up. I blessed them. I healed them. I renewed them. I reestablished their life and relationship. And not one return to give thanks. They destroy 
the evidence that they ever knew him. Why is only one guy in the choir? The rest says, sorry, I got my family to take care of. I got my job to go to. I got my farm to look at. You know, I've been away for too long because of leprosy. I ain't got time for him. I'd rather never be blessed and keep Jesus than have this world goods and lose Jesus. Take it all. What this world can offer me. Take it all. For a thousand years from now, it won't matter. And the Lord says, all these guys were at their rehearsals. At the practice, they were singing the song. It was suddenly time for performance. They're not there to give thanks. And the Bible said, God says, where are the nine? He couldn't answer. I believe he said, Lord, I did my best to encourage them to come. But they were too busy. They had no time for you. They forgot that's what he did for them. And they said they can't come. But I had to come. That's what Naaman did. Naaman says, I gotta turn my make a U-turn. Somebody's just feeling right now, I need to make a U-turn right now. The job you got, God gave it to you. The security you feel enjoy right now, God gave it to you. And you forgot it. But today, make a U-turn. I said, make a U-turn. Let's all stand. Make a U-turn. It's a God. Had it not been for Calvary, Amen. <laughs> I would have died in my sins. They forgot they were hopeless, homeless, worthless, cureless, full of disgrace, of sores. God healed them. A professor was mocking God and Christianity in a large university. And by the time he ridiculed everybody, a lonely girl stood up and sang a song. I'm one of them. Praise the Lord. I'm one of them. I've been washed in Jesus' blood. The person on the job, do they know what God did for you? Your neighbor, do they know what God brought you through? On my computer says, a 17-year-old boy crucified in one of those countries in the Middle East yesterday. 17-year-old boy crucified. The Lord says, you know, I know how many I've healed, but only one turned back to give me thanks. He says, son, go home. Your faith have made you whole. But I got a feeling in this building right now, there are some Simons around here. Simon was a leper. And Jesus was invited to Simon's house. And the Bible says, it's the custom 
when a person comes to your house to give them water to wash their feet, wash their hands, and on their head. Simon was a leper whom God healed. Didn't show the courtesy. of thanksgiving. But all of a sudden, a girl of ill reputation, uninvited to Simon the leper's house, broke in that house, pushed the door in uninvited, a party pooper, I guess you call them, and she walked in there, and she opened up a bottle on the head of Jesus. And pour her alabaster box on him. And when she was done, she knelt down and let her tears washed his feet. Oh, shun. Washed his feet and took her hair and dried, you know, ordinary people in church who are thankful to God do extraordinary things. Simon looked at us and if he was a man of God, he wouldn't know what kind of girl she is. Sorry, Simon. He knew what kind of man, man you are. He said, Simon, I want to give you a little parable here. Two people have a creditor. One whole, he would say like a hundred pence, and the other, say a thousand. He said, and he forgave both. Notice, he forgave both. Which of those two would love him the most, you think? Simon said, well, the guy who you forgive the most will love him the most. He said, you've judged well because, you know what? This girl that you're criticizing for what she's doing and what she's accomplishing on me, you fail to do it. Somebody in the church is going to sweep the church. Somebody going to take the ashes out. Somebody going to put up with what you don't put up. Somebody going to sacrifice where you refuse to do it. Somebody will walk the extra mile where you think it's a burden and a problem. You forgot what God did for you. You forgot what God gave you. You forgot the car you got came from God. The house you live in belongs to God. The job you got came from God. You forgot. That's why you're so cocky and so haughty and so mean-spirited and can't find time to give God a part of it. But this girl walked in church, poor as could be, but she gave everything all. She gave her all to Jesus. And he said, wherever this gospel is preached, she'll talk about him. Is there any leper right here? If for, Jesus said, if you can't believe me for the word's sake, believe me for the works I did in your life. Since you don't believe my doctrine, can you believe for the job you got? That God gave it to you? The healing you receive? Every head's bowed right now. <laughs> Naaman had to explain how he got healed. Can you explain how you were blessed? 
How come you so quickly forget who placed you where you are? Somebody step out right now. Get out of that choir nine that don't come back. You're too busy for the choir. You're just too busy for practice. But when you are sick and in disease, you are in the choir. There were ten of you. And now there's only one in the choir. Giving thanks on their face. Who's God talking to right now? Who's God talking to? Who is God talking to? Come forward, there's more out there. Come on. Who is God talking to? Are you are you now too busy for God? Is he a low priority in your life? When you were in the leper colony, he was number one. Come on now. He was number one when you were in distress. But now everything is working good for you. I got no time for him. I'm too busy. I cut him off. He said, why do you come and give thanks? Oh, God. Give thanks. Give thanks to the Holy One. Come on, church, pray. It's Thanksgiving Day. It's not a sad day. It's a, it's a glad day. Pastor Neil was healed. Pastor Neil had closet that God cleansed. Yes, church, God did me a favor. Have a right to shout. Have a right to make the noise that they can. Brought you up, set you above everybody else. 